Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Stocks YouTube live show. My name is Aaron, your host, joined by Nate today as we are covering the $5.2 million, million dollar LeBron James exquisite rookie patch auto sale, number 23 BGS9. That is the largest or the most expensive card sale of all time, tied with the Mickey Mantle PSA 9 1952 tops that sold to Rob G in January. So there's a lot to discuss about that. We're also going to discuss some other things. We're going to bring on a guest around 6.30 Eastern time, and then we're going to do some Q&A at the very end. So lots to cover on today's show. So let's jump right into it. What's up, Rob? How's it going? Glad you got to uh, catch the live show here. Uh, Rob's the one that's asking about you in Dallas, Nate. I just ah, where, Rob. where are you? So you'll be able to meet I'll him I'll be soon. in Dallas the, the end of May. Yeah, there we go. All right, let's hop into it. $5.2 million LeBron James sale dethroned the most expensive basketball card sale of all time of the Luca NT Logoman RPA one of one, which was $4.6 million that we covered maybe like a month ago on YouTube Live. But uh, here it is. That is the exact card, number 23. It is the jersey number edition. There's also one number 99. This one, uh, BGS 9, sold $5.2 million. Last night, a BGS 9 of the out of 99 sold for $1.7 through Golden. So, Lots of exquisite LeBron action going on right now. This is crazy. July 20, 2020, the 9.5 of the LeBron out of 23 sold for 1.8 million. And now oh. the BGS 9 sold for 5.2. Oh. Is that not nuts? That's the greatest buy in the history of the world. Seriously is. I mean, if the BGS 9 right now is 5.2 as of today, if there were a buyer for it, there might not be a buyer at this price right now. I imagine this would be at least eight million. Yeah, I mean, then that and that's the thing: the card has to pop up, right? And there has to be somebody at that exact moment willing to shell out. You know, this BGS nine five probably wasn't going to uh, pop up, so the person that wanted this card was like BGS nine. I have to have it. I'm pretty sure that this is a pop one or two nine five. So they're definitely like you know, like if the person that bought this for one point eight isn't selling, and the other person that's been holding for forever isn't selling. Uh, you know, nine is a great option and it's a tough, great card to exquisite RPAs, man. Very difficult. Just like, you know, NT now and immaculate and OR and all those sets. And here is the sale that it tied the $5.2 million tops 1952 PSA nine. Nate, which card would you rather have the LeBron or the Mickey Mantle? Oh, LeBron. I'm a baseball guy and I'd still take LeBron all day. Seriously. Yeah. Over one of the most iconic cards of all time. Yeah, but. I know it's an iconic card, but player-wise, LeBron is going to go down as a top-two player in the history yeah, of the sport. I agree. Probably, probably ever. I agree. Hey, I and, actually want uh, to... Mickey want Mantle to... is not top-two, right? No, I agree. And I'll just I'll, I'll agree with you because I'm a basketball guy more than a baseball guy. So it wasn't surprising for me to say LeBron. I was a little bit thinking you'd say Mickey Mantle, so a little surprising to me. For all of you watching right now, comment in the chat. Would you rather have the Mickey Mantle PSA 9 1952 for $5.2 million or the BGS 9 number 23 LeBron Exquisite RPA? Also, that autograph is just fantastic. I love his autograph on these exquisites. like Kind of like the 23 right before his name. Just looks fantastic, and he doesn't really have any on-card autos coming out any sport anymore, especially with licensed cards. So LeBron autos, where it's at, on-card, old, exquisite sets, upper deck. 
T206 cannot believe that I just portrayed my kind and went with basketball over baseball. <laughs> but I, and I know it's an iconic card. It's just, it's, it is impossibly tough for me to pass up LeBron when you ask anybody who's between the age of 10 and 35 right now who their favorite player is or who the best player of all time is, and they're going to say LeBron. You know, that's a good 25-year gap age range where people are like, that's the guy for us. And there's not many people that are going to be like, yeah, you know what, Mickey Mantle, that's the guy for me. Not to mention a lot of those people are going to just keep on getting more money and be more interested in cards as time goes on too. Yes. And so, great yeah. point, Nate. Um, one thing I'm wondering is if if you're buying the LeBron for $5.2 million, why not tack a dollar on there so that you can say you have the most expensive card of all time? Just from like a gloating ego perspective. Right. So both these were private private sales through PWCC vaults where, uh, you know, people have cards in their vault account, PWCC, and sales reps at PWCC are linking high-end buyers with these things. Um, I wonder if there was some, like, contingency on there or something that had to be the exact same number. Who knows? You know, there, we, we will never know probably, but still funny. Can you imagine that? You know, like, I, all I think is Dwight Schrute from The Office when they're doing, like, the auction for the hug for Phyllis or whatever. You know, like, five million two hundred thousand and one penny. <laughs> Uh, hey um ron quick quick ron says he can't stand lebron now ron i was i I, there's so many people there's so many people in this world that can't just can't stand him and i i personally i really like him i don't want him to win the championship because i want the bucks to win the championship but i like lebron um he's never done anything that gets his name in the news for bad reasons he has a wife and kids that he loves um you know he does a lot for the community he's never done anything that you can be like that dude is a scummy dude or a bad guy so i just want to know ron what your reasoning is because i know everyone has different reasonings for not liking guys but from my perspective there's a lot of superstars that do a lot of crappy things right and then there's lebron who the worst thing anybody can point to is that he at the age of 25 did the decision which there's a lot of 25 year olds that do a lot of dumb things. And I don't think the decision was, you know, that endlessly dumb. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of people that are like, don't want to see political things. Do not like LeBron for that reason. You're well, going to see in the comments right now. That, that, that's, that's fair. And, you know, I can, I can, I can also understand that because sometimes, you know, I follow a lot of baseball writers, but I follow them because, uh, I did not see the deleted Twitter post, so I'm sure it's about to get. I'm sure it's about to get real political in here. But uh, uh, I follow a lot of baseball writers on Twitter, and occasionally they get too political for me, and I have to delete them because I don't. I just don't care about their political views. I just want to see their baseball views. That's what I follow them for, and um, so I get. I guess I get that. Yeah, I'd say that's the only thing I can see people really bringing up at this moment. Um, But let's move on into another card segment, which is based off of the 5.2 million million LeBron sale. Nate, who's up next for this $5 million card range? Now, I put a bunch of cards on here of certain players. Doesn't mean we have to choose from these players. and also doesn't mean it has to be these cards. This was just for some fun things to look at with the 84-star Jordan championship Tom Brady, which a BGS9 just sold last night. 
I think through Golden for 1.7 or two nights ago. And then uh, the Pele, which the PSA 9 is definitely over a million at this point, I'd say. And then the PSA 9 Wayne Gretzky, which is obviously one of the most coveted uh, hockey cards ever, the OPC Wayne Gretzky. So, Nate, who's next for the $5 million range? I think I would go. I don't know if it's going to be that Pele card or whatnot. If that's the most iconic card, I think I'm going Pele because, um, uh, you know, Tom Brady, everyone knows, and he might win a championship next year and championship the year after that, right? At 44 and 45, whatever ages he's going to be. Um, but I just don't know how much interest there is in football where it can drive that price that high. Um, and then. The Wayne Gretzky, obviously, greatest hockey player and pro- arguably probably the greatest player to ever grace any sport right. ever uh, compared to anybody else in the sport. You know, you look at LeBron's stats and he's not miles ahead of the next guy. You look at or MJ's, you look at Tom Brady outside of the rings, he's not miles ahead. You look at um, Wayne Gretzky and he has like more assists than the next person has points. Yeah. I'd say that Wayne Gretzky and Serena Williams are like the most dominant in their given sports. That's why I'd, that's my bet. Um, but for this particular exercise, I will say the PSA 10 of the OPC is a much better chance to hit 5 million than the nine, as I put on the screen. Yeah. Um, but I'll go with, with the, here's the thing about the Pele. There's no PSA 10s of that card. That is the most sought after Pele rookie. There's no PSA 10s. There's only a couple PSA nines. One went through rally on IPO at $300,000. But then a PSA 8 sold, I think, over 300K a month ago of that card. I would definitely imagine the next PSA 9 that sells for full price will go over a million. I won't imagine that we'll see it for a bit too, though, is the other thing. So we won't know when that comes. If there were a 10 of the Pele, I think that would for sure be the $5 million card in my mind. I The thing about Jordan is that Jordan doesn't have a rare enough card that grades high enough I think that can get to five million right now. That game jersey auto of him from I think that was ninety seven or ninety six, like one of the first Jordan certified autographs ever of twenty three. That one sold for over a million, maybe like two months ago through Heritage. But um, it's weird. There is really no clear path for Jordan to get like a five million dollar card because there is no artificial scarcity with his cards, his early cards. That is, but LeBron, there is the RPA off twenty three. Kobe, you got the you know you can get BGS ten black label refractor which sold for like 1.8 million, but I imagine that one in the future could be getting up to that $5 million range. Um, it, there's the path just isn't there for MJ cards, which is really interesting thinking that, you know, the goat in a lot of people's eyes can't be out LeBron sales for his cars just because you don't have that, you know? Hmm. I'm, I'm a little offended that you didn't put Mike Trout up here. I, Nate, I was literally just going to say, I can't believe I didn't put Mike Trout or a baseball card up here because the Super Fractor Mike Trout would for sure be the next $5 million, I think, out of any of these, right? Or whatever the highest graded Hank Aaron is, you know, that type of stuff. There's like one or two or – I don't want to say one or two. There's a few PSA 10 Hank Aarons, one of which I know Nat Turner owns or owned. And when I saw that on a story, I screenshot it. still on my camera roll. It is one of the most incredible-looking cards of all time, Nate. Imagine a 1954 Hank Aaron PSA 10. I can't because I, I just I have a hard time believing that somebody kept that card in perfect condition when they got it. Do they even have plastic cases back then in 1954? You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so the fact that that card is supposed to be in perfect condition, it would have had to been like open today. And that uh, that 
package of cards that was kept sealed would have had to been like kept in a, a humidor or something. Right? Dude, I'm trying so, to find it because I want to flash on the screen, but I have a, a hard time card. believing that that exists. I have a hard time believing anything from like 1980 and backwards had PSA 10s exist, but that's just... I'm not sure point. where I saved this picture and when I did, but I hope to find it because it's crazy. I don't think I'm going to find it in time, though, just sitting here either. So we can move on and I'll post it some other time in the live. Fair. Next million, $5 million card, Corbin Burns, 101. <laughs> 101 Platinum. I don't know. Has anybody found that Platinum? What about the Superfractor Auto? I did see that. That was for sale for a while. I don't know if it sold. Seriously? Um, Or the Superfractor, not the Auto. Oh, but the 2017? No, the Topps Chrome. I was talking Topps Chrome. My bad. Uh, um, speaking of Corbin Burns, he pitches tonight for anybody that's interested. If you got MLB TV, turn on the Brewers against Miami. Corbin Burns pitching. Should be fun. Are you ready for this? Yep. I can't. I'd have to focus my camera here once I. I mean, I can kind of see it, but uh, that would be if some if one of those popped up, that would be uh, my bet. Incredible, dude! Just incredible. That's from Nat Turner, um, now owner of PSA. Okay, back to the presentation. Crazy, yeah. All right, <laughs> I had to pull this up. This oh. was from last week. I posted this on our uh, Instagram feed. Go ahead, Nate. Just just a quick reminder. Remember when we were talking about the NFT, and I said, "What is a first NFT Mike Trout going to do?" Yeah. Well, here it is. Now we have no. an example. And it's absurd. Keep in mind, this is the rare out of 402. There is epics of 76, even some of like 11 or something, or one of ones of Mike Trout in here. This is number one, the first minted copy of this rare uh, 402. So for $8,662 in the first like two days of the uh, release of Top Series 1 NFTs on Wax Marketplace. Y'all can see the, the Cognac... BGS 95 2011 update trout sold for $7,300 around the same time period. That was the last sale of that card. And I just can't, dude, I can't believe it. <laughs> can't believe it. Now, I understand that the NFT market is probably the way the world is going, right? And cryptocurrencies is probably the way the world is going. Um, and we should probably all kind of get on board a little bit as stupid as that is to say and as stupid as i think it is um that being said there's literally zero part of me probably negative percentage parts of me that would buy that nft of mike trout over that cognac diamond i mean the cognac is more rare than the diamond is it not it is more rare yes um and so you know you're gonna have a lower pop pop report on that cognac and uh I just, I, I, that is one of his best rookie cards you can get. The Cognac and the Diamond outside of obviously, you know, getting a Hope Diamond or a Black or the Super or the uh, Platinum or whatever they called it back then, the 101. Also, Bowman, Broman Chrome, uh, low numbered rookies and also uh, Tops Finest low numbered rookies. But for like a non numbered card, that's definitely the mo- one of the most expensive you can get. Yeah. Rookie card. It's crazy, crazy stuff. And even further, 
the this the one on the left is the number one out of eleven facsimile auto, meaning it's like digital on the screen of Mike Trout from the what is that, Nate? That's like this uh 35th That's the 1985 redux. Yeah, yeah it's 1985, like I believe. Uh it's what do you say? It's a 35-year thing, so it'd be 1986, which also oh. it says in the tweet. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, 1986. Nice job. Uh, Darren Ravel tweeted this. That sold for $87,000. And I went and looked, and a PSA 10 Bowman Chrome Refractor Auto, a 500, sold for 94 k on auction. This was probably around a week and a half ago at this point. Then I ran a poll on Instagram. And is 92% would take the Trout Auto versus 8% for the NFT. But I also find it hard to imagine that my audience, or our audience, I should say, is uh, going to vote otherwise. Meaning, like, if we had a full NFT community following us, I'm sure this would probably yeah. be, like, 30 to 60. I, sorry, 30 to 70. Um, which is, this is, just, I mean, for me, it's personally crazy to see. Because I don't know if there are people out there who are also collectors spending money on this. Which I'm sure that there are trying to make money that maybe then go back and put into cards. But I don't know who bought that for 87 k But I imagine that that person has no ounce of want of an actual trading card that's the only way i can see that happening right like you can find so many cards to spend 87k on that so if I, you do like think, card. I do think we're on to something now we'll have uh uh rob says well can see a card show just showing off your nft collection i think we start the first nft show the national nft people come from all over they just pull out their phones you don't even oh need a booth you have tv screens everywhere it sounds so dumb. <laughs> it sounds so dumb. We'd, we'd be rich. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't want to spend too much more time at NFTs because we spent a lot of time two weeks ago on that. Or, yeah, <laughs> two weeks ago now. So, tomorrow, Slab Stocks breaks. We start 5 p.m. Eastern time. I have to push it back two hours because Chelsea plays against Real Madrid in the Champions League semifinals. And I don't want to miss that game. I know a lot of people who are in the breaks don't want to miss that game or match. So we're going to break at 5 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. There's two spots left in our basketball budget break for the week. It was also out. But the spot limit's three. Someone had a couple spots over the limit, so I had to put those spots back into the available spot pool, which means that there's two spots left in the basketball budget break. And then on Thursday, we're scheduled to open 2020 Prism first off the line, put the packs on sale, 235 a pack. We had a Lamella Red rookie a couple weeks ago, so super pumped up to hopefully hit some more numbered cards of rookies and uh, maybe some good bets. And uh, that is it for the rest of the week, what we have available and um, Nate will be in town, so there's also a possibility that tomorrow I list some baseball product for Thursday, too. So keep on the lookout tomorrow in the live at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Probably list a couple baseball packs for you baseball fans out there. And, um, yeah, thank you all for supporting that. We really appreciate that. Slabsex.com slash shop to get one of those last couple budget break uh, spots or the packs for Thursday. For those of you that saw, we launched on Friday or didn't see Slab Shield. Um, which is a protector for your slabs. I don't have my slab next to me right now, but that Mason Greenwood does have a slab shield on it as I'm holding it. It's pretty much impossible to see unless you really look super close at around the edges and it protects the surface of the of the uh, PSA and BGS card as you have it. And um, scratch resistant and also it's crystal clear too. You can get them at slabsocks.com slash slab shield. Um, buying quantity and get a way lower cost and pay way less in shipping. And I will be putting these on all of my high-end cards this week to bring to Miami to make sure my cards are all safe and secured, traveling and getting put out of the booth and everything. Really pumped about this. I know Nate is too. 
Um, really yeah. cool thing for us to be able to, you know, try to get people more uh, protection on their slabs to protect your investment, which we think is super important. Um, given that, you know, it's so hard to regrade these cards now if they get scuffed and scratched. People have been in the cards for a long time, actually understand um, the pain points of, you know, having scratched slabs. I know a lot of people who might be new might not understand as much because you just don't pick up on those things right away. Uh, but myself being in this for over a decade, uh, it's definitely something I noticed right away is, you know, is my slab scuffed? Is it not? Do those scratches? Is it not? Um, I will definitely be using these as obviously we're selling them and I will be using them all the time. So I'm really uh, pumped about it. A point to be made, they come in packs of two, but you can also get, you know, 24 or 100. Um, and a lot of people, you know, you can either have two slabs that you cover the face of, or a lot of people are like, well, what about the backs? You can also put it on the back. Exactly. So front back and back, if you wish. Slab. Yep. It just really is up to your personal preference. I know some people are going to put them on just the front. Some people put them on the front of the back. Uh, I think, you know, for myself, it just kind of depends on the value of the card, too. All right. Uh, are we going to uh, game day trading? Or are yeah, we going a little bit here. I, I think I, I might have one more thing. Or, oh, yeah, I was just going to show really quick here. Uh, these are just the, the main points. You know, easy. It's very easy to put on. Um, just make sure to watch the tutorial video on YouTube. It's like a couple of videos before this. Um, and then also, like I said, scratch resistant. And they're for PSA or BGS cards, slabs. Now we got our guests. Hey, before, you, before you do that, yep. I got one question to answer. What? One one thing, Dewey, my guy, Dewey. Gents, I have a hard time that these modern guys are selling for seven figures and more than proven Hall of Famers like Duncan, Wilt, Jordan, Dirk, and Hakeem. Doesn't make sense except clout. Dewey, nothing in this market makes sense. I think it, it's gotten to the point where people would rather pay for the potential of a LaMelo ball becoming amazing than they would pay the same price for LaMelo ball when he hits that potential, right? Like if Lamelo Ball becomes as good as, I don't know, Damian Lillard, his prices would probably go down, right? Yes, which is absurd. So um, right now, it's it, people literally just pay for hype, and it does not matter. It really doesn't matter what you do, um, how you play. If you're a Hall of Famer, it's just hype. So if you got if you got cards of a young guy. I'd probably sell. Yep. I, I think it just depends on how you believe them to and what the current market uh, climate is. You got to make sure you're, you're following that the cyclical nature of the market and um, not to say that like what Nate said is wrong, but there's a lot that goes into definitely de uh, deciding when to sell. Okay. Yeah, I guess I dumbed it down a little bit too much, but yeah. I, what I'm trying to say is a lot of times there's a ton of hype. Well, especially in the baseball market, there's a ton of hype for prospects and then they come up and underperform. You're better off pay selling for with hype in the minors than waiting for the majors. I agree with that for sure. Time for our guest appearance from Game Day Trading on Instagram. We are running a segment right now where he's going to come on and he is going to bring up a couple different cards and we're going to debate if they're overvalued or undervalued. He's going to give his takes and let us know why he thinks so. So Game Day Trading, welcome. Introduce Hi, yourself. Guys. Thank you for coming on to the show. Yeah, so I'm Game Day Trading on Instagram. I uh, started my page probably three months ago, inspired by you guys. I've been following you since back in like summer of 2019. Just about. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a, I've been following you guys for a while, and it's, it's a really really nice to be on the show. And uh, yeah, 
Thank you. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate you joining and uh, following us too and uh, definitely enjoying our content. It means a lot to me. I know Nate too. So let's just hop right into it then. Uh, make sure you go check out Game Day Train on Instagram. I know he puts a lot of content and cards and uh, good reads too. So starting with your overvalued pick, which you put yes. as 2019 Panini Prison Basketball. Explain for me why and also this first slide you got here. All right. So I'm not saying that every single card within this set is overvalued. What I believe is that the ratio of the Zion base PSA 10 to the price of a hobby box is what's the most ridiculous because this is a recent sale from yesterday of a base PSA 10 and they're all going for about 650. And then on the next slide, I have comps for a hobby box, which is at 3000, which means if you're going to try to open prism to make your money back, which is, you know, we all know is a stupid thing to do, but people with a lot of money might not. You're going to have to pull nearly five Zion-based PSA 10s to make your money back. Unless you, by some miracle, you know, pull a silver or a number, then obviously it's a different story. But Right, and that's really where I think a lot of this value probably comes into these boxes here is either like the thought of getting the high-end number card or just the thought of having all of the cards in the set together while you really don't, obviously. But uh, that's a good point. I mean, I agree. There, there's certain sets out there that have cards that can make up a ton of the box value. Prism and modern stuff is not one of them because you really do have to hit those scarce cards of those great players. And um, I appreciate the point. I think I do agree with you that certain cards in the set, definitely overvalued. Certain cards also potentially becoming undervalued right now with the basketball market kind of hitting a lull, um, which you know could be poised to go up in the playoffs for these modern players. Yeah, I think so. I think, in my opinion, with the way Jaws been playing recently, especially if they can get into the uh, play-in bracket, a PSA ten base was like three hundred. So that's yeah, looking a little. That's looking pretty good to me. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, you go ahead. I was just gonna say, you know, if you think about it more so towards like the beginning of the season what he definitely was not less than 50 percent of zion's value obviously zion has played unbelievably this year to also yeah. so there's probably a little bit of both you know jawas has been a little bit inconsistent this year zion's been really really good but at the same time if you're a fan of jaw it might be a time to jump in and of course really the thing here is too is if you're trying to play the prism game uh, we've talked about for a while like make sure to read pop reports make sure to look at which parallels might be undervalued comparatively to the base cards like hyper i was on quite early in speaking about it and those have gained a lot of steam recently yeah but awesome. I, Nate, what, what's your thoughts are you are you in agreement with yeah. him or are you disagreeing oh i'm in agreement. i was just looking for uh i was looking for a zion parallel real quick that i could get a price on because i feel like there's probably got to be a number of parallels that you can get under three thousand dollars Probably. Yeah, so I think a PSA ten is probably uh, I'd say like five or four and a half thousand maybe for a PSA yes. ten prism silver. Yeah, it's well, exactly not, even, not, it even, not even a PSA ten, just just a parallel green ice, green ice. I know that's not like an ideal parallel, but also not hobby box. Twelve hundred fifty bucks. I I I understand, but um, it's it's rare though. It's rare, right? Like I here. So here's another one, like. If you were to get a purple PSA 9 on March 12th of Zion, number 75, that's $5,100. You know, obviously another $2,000 a lot, but your odds of getting even close to a Zion purple out of this box is so small. 
Yeah, and then and then trying to get it graded, you know, getting it a PSA ten, very unlikely. Yeah, so there's a lot going into that. Uh, but let's move on to your undervalued pick, 2014 update Mookie Betts. Let's hear it. So, I I don't invest personally in Mookie Betts, but I was looking for undervalued players, and someone actually brought this up in my comment section. So this is the price, obviously, comps on a 2011 Tops update Mike Trout. The most, it's obviously the most iconic, you know, flagship rookie that we've had probably ever since Tops started their modern flagship. And a base PSA 10 is 4,600. And for the Mookie Betts on the next slide, you can get a Mookie Betts gold rookie PSA 10 for less than the price of a base Mike Trout. And I think if you have that money and you're going for baseball players, you know, Mike Trout, I personally think is a better player than Mookie Betts, but the price difference of this for a gold and a base, I feel like is, I don't, I don't see a reason for it. Great point, because this gold is numbered out of 2014, the year that it was manufactured. The Mike Trout base PSA 10, Nate, what is that, pop over 5,000 right now for the base it's Trout PSA 10? It's a lot. It's a lot. So, I don't yeah. have a pop board on the top of my head, but it's a lot. Right, and I'd imagine that this Mookie is not not even half, obviously. Well, it can only be to 2014, so. Yeah, it right. can only be and, to 2014. And, and the, you know, the for 10, them to get PSA 10s, it's... Yeah, the 10 pop has to be around, like, a cup, a few hundred, maybe, max. You yeah, know? at most, because even then, you have a little bit of whiting on the corners, especially with the old gold parallels. If you, It's really easy to see the whiting on them. So for it to be a PSA 10... And um, I will say this, and I agree with you. Mookie is amazing, but two factors I think are an issue is that a Trout Angels going to be on the Angels his entire career. Mookie Red Sox card now the Dodgers. Um, mm-hmm. I just I think that does have a little bit of effect on the market not being on the same team his card his card is on, but shouldn't be that big of a deal. Number two, um, obviously Mookie is really good. Insanely good, but I don't know if he was undervalued on the Red Sox, and they have a ton of stars, right? Xander Bogarts, uh, Rafael Devers, guys like that. Um, he's still kind of undervalued on the Dodgers, but they also have a ton of stars. Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, even though he's going to be free agent at the end of the year, Justin Turner, Clayton Kershaw. Um, so I always wonder if, even if you are the best of the best on the team, if there is negative value because of how many other good players in your team. And I think a lot of times it's got to be the home market that drives some of these prices. You mm-hmm. know, it's yeah. um, there's not going to be a ton of people that want uh, – I mean, a lot of people want like Christian Yelich, right? But more people in Milwaukee, presumably, than in Chicago or L.A. or anywhere else. And so um, for somebody that lives in L.A., if they even care about baseball, um, because you know how LA people are. Uh, yeah, they're weird people, man. Uh, <laughs> it's tough if you know they've got their money to spend. You know they might like Cody Bellinger better, or they might like Corey Seager better. Um, exactly, and if they like Mookie Betts, they're not going to want him in a Red Sox uniform. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, and Charles says he thinks Mike is better than Mookie. Uh, Trout is 100 times better. I do not think that he said that. I think what he's saying is if you look at the rarity fa- uh, factor of Mookie Betts and how good he is compared to the very high amount of base PSA 10s of Trout, that's where the undervalued play comes in. 
which I totally understand what game day is saying here. Yeah, and then I have stats on the next slide to kind of compare them. And, you know, the stats show that Mike Trout is a better player with the 305 batting average, 308 home runs, 810 RBIs, and a 1004 OPS. I mean, granted, Mike Trout has played, you know, three, roughly four more years, and Mookie Betts is having a really rough start to the season. But the difference is, is that Betts goes to postseason and Betts wins rings, you know. So Betts, like, already has two has two World Series rings with two different teams, won an MVP within that stretch when in 2018 when he was with the Red Sox. And also, now they're both in California. So when you think about going to playoffs, now Trout is going to have to get past the Padres and the Dodgers. I think I got them mixed up. Hold on. Is that the league? I always get mixed up with American League and National League. Yeah, so Padres, Padres, Dodgers are NL, but they would have to face them if they went to the World Series. That's what it was. Okay, I knew, I knew, I got it messed up somewhere in there. I wanted to fix it before the YouTube comments started yelling at me. <laughs> but yeah, so when you think about that, Mike Trout, you know, obviously, no matter what team they're on, it's going to have to go to the World Series, and you're going to have to beat the other team. But with Betts having less career time than Mike Trout and him having two World Series rings already. I just don't see the price difference because, you know, people pay for winners. That's why people pay some, you know, one of the factors for people like Michael Jordan, six for six with repeat, repeat. That's one of the biggest things that drives his value is just how much of a winner he is. Yeah. Do you, do you well, think that there's, that there's value in the trout cards even more so because there's this, there's like this obviously stigma that he's like not even a stigma. He's one of the best players of all time already, and he's going to be one yep. of the best players of all time. Like that's how I see it. Like a lot of people that don't necessarily watch or pay attention to baseball twenty four seven know that Mike Trout's going to be a top three player of all time, top five, and mm-hmm. by because of that, which inevitably drives the prices up as high as they are right now. That's true, yeah. And but I think that when you look at if you take basketball for example some of the guys that don't get nearly as high or even recognition. Because if, like, if, if you talk about like vintage basketball and you talk about big guys, Bill Russell with all the rings always comes up and Wilt doesn't come up nearly as often because he only won one championship. He wasn't as much of a team player, so he just never won that many championships. And I think you're more prominent and you're more remembered if you do. Mike Trout's obviously going to be remembered. But both of these players are going to be remembered. And both of them are two of the best baseball players in the league right now. But I think that long-term, I don't know which one would be the buy. But undervalued right now, when you look at what Mookie Betts has already done compared to Mike Trout, I think the gold is better than the base. Uh, Hey, I'm actually going to agree with you. I'm such a fan of the scarce cards and the low-pop cards. I'd I'd find myself myself hard-pressed to buy that exact Mike Trout over that Mookie. I think I could probably find a different Mike Trout I'd rather buy over that Mookie gold if it was like the Bowman Chrome Refractor PSA 9. Number I'd buy a Bowman Draft Refractor for BGS 9.5 for $1,500. Exactly, exactly. Nate, there's no way that Trout Refractor 9.5 from Draft is $1,500. Talking auto? No, he's talking non-auto from 2011. Oh, $1,500. You're, you're serious? It's $1,500 right now? Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Well, I'd rather have three of those in the Mookie. I should have put that as an undervalued. I need to that. <laughs> um, I, I, game day. I also agree with you. I do think Mookie's a great buy. 
Um, obviously, there are, you know, some reasons why his market is low. Um, and there are obviously reasons Mike Trout's market is high. I do think, though, is that um, while the the World Series and even playoffs in general argument is valid for Mike Trout, I think a lot of people realize that it's not his fault, right? They've stunk, they plunked a lot of money into Josh Hamilton, Albert Pools, Justin Upton. Those guys are trash. If you took Mike Trout and put him on the Dodgers in place of Mookie Betts, you know, they're still they winning would, the championship, they would be right? Getting, yeah, they'd be um, – I don't know if it would be, be a better team. I'm not going to weigh in if Mookie or Mike Trout's better because it's just going to be, you know, back and forward. But I do think that that's part of the hurt is that Mike Trout signed such a big deal and now he's on a team with very little other tools. I mean, he does have obviously good players, but good enough players to, you know, beat teams like the Padres or the Dodgers in the World Series – well, I don't think so. You wouldn't um, – a couple of years ago, you would have never thought the, you know, Nationals were going to make the – make the uh, win the yeah, World Series, true. right? And, yeah, maybe if uh, the maybe if the Angels get, you know, yeah. someone like Joe Waddell turns into an insane rookie the way Juan Soto did yeah. during the 2019 World Series. You just, you just never know with baseball, which is the nice thing, is that uh, any day a couple guys can get hot end of the season and carry a team in the playoffs. Look at the Rays. Randy yep. Rosarena. I think Rob's point here is very, very, uh, you know, big. One great thing is that Trout's on the same team. I'm glad he stayed. I, I know that Kobe won a ton of rings, which makes it very different. But I think a huge thing about Kobe is, like, how many NBA players stay on one team their entire career and are an all-time great? Very few. You know, Giannis. so many times. What? Giannis. I know. And that's why Giannis Not is also yet. the GOAT, too. So I agree with you, Nate, which is that's what makes me think of it. It's like, oh, thank goodness he stayed. Because think about how many superstars, especially in today's NBA and even in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, are switching teams all the time. Dirk and Duncan's another point, Brent. Good point on Dirk and Tim Duncan. Um, but it happens. I mean, it's so hard for players to finish out the careers where they started now. It really is. Yeah. I mean, even, even, even you know, quarterbacks that you'd expect to end on the same team. Brad Favre, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, all moving teams. Are we – Aaron Rodgers probably going to not be a Packer when he retires. Joe Montana too. Joe Montana, um, and so we're going to look at we're going to look at uh, guys like Patrick Mahomes and stuff. Seventeen years down the line, and be like, man, he was a Chief great, but now he's on. I don't know the Oakland Raiders. Well, not the Raiders because they'd never trade him to the Raiders. But you get my point. Yeah. Curry's another one who we don't know yet if it's going to happen. But I'm well, he's assuming, going to the Bucks. I'm assuming unless the Bucks land him, which I I think will happen. I hope. <laughs> um, just kidding. Uh, I I assume that he'll stay in the Warriors if it's not some massive move. Like I don't know. You never know. But that'd be amazing, dude. Curry and Giannis on the same team. I think I'd, I'd die watching that every single game if I could watch it. Because thanks YouTube TV for not striking a deal with Fox, so I can't watch every game now. Oh yeah, no, that's well. Uh, quit YouTube TV <laughs> and get AT and T TV. Yeah, I know I'm gonna have to do. That's it. what we did. Yeah, it's getting rough. No Brewers, no Bucks. I, once the Brewers season started, I was like, I could live with the Bucks being on national TV every so often because they are, but like Brewers ain't, ain't landing on there that often. So, dude, <laughs> they should. I'm, well, I'm an Arizona fan, so I'm D-backs and Suns. I will might see like three D backs games this entire year because there's no reason they need to be on national TV. 
The yeah, Suns are actually good this year, so I have that. But Suns are good. Suns yeah. are good. I mean, D-backs yesterday, though, one hit through two doubleheaders. Yeah. No hitter from Mad Bum. You see that, Aaron? No hitter from Mad Bum. 14 innings, one hit. Madison Bumgarner threw seven innings of no-hit baseball, but it's not a no-hitter because it was only seven innings. Because, yeah. because the, doubleheaders is, is, is it just for this year they're doing doubleheaders of seven well, innings? and last year. Yeah, but so, it's changing going forward? I don't know. That's that's yeah. so interesting. Yeah, thanks for right. that, Manfred. Game day. Final thing here before we thank you and send you off. Yes. One minute thought on the market right now. What's going to happen over the next six months? What's going to be the the most interesting thing to watch? For me, it's going to be it's it's going to be baseball because when you look at the people that are getting into it and everything, the we all know that the most hyped sport in cards is basketball, and there's going to be a point where basketball is over, and baseball is going to be the main sport. You know, there's that stretch in the summer where baseball is the sport. So are we going to see crazy high prices within baseball? And are we going to start seeing, you know, like Juan Soto PSA 10 base cards going for like 1K or something like that? Because we've never seen the baseball card. We haven't seen the baseball card with the kind of hype that we've seen in the basketball card market. And I think if the, if the summer comes and you have four or five guys, Acuna, Soto, Vlad, Trout, and they're just – all in a home run race. That's what I'm really looking forward to seeing is seeing the hype collectors get into baseball and see where the prices go. I like it. I like I it. Hey, thank you so much for joining. I think you might have made a no. friend and Nate there with your final baseball thoughts. <laughs> you thank know, you. I love baseball talk. Yeah, I'll, I'll use that to get back on another time. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. Well, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and for uh, coming on and make sure everyone they go check out at game day training on Instagram and uh, that was our guest appearance for today. So we'll see you thank later. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. All right, Nate. Let's move Bird. on with today's show. Yeah, a couple things. A couple oh, things I noticed oh. uh, while, we're, while we're talking to game day. Um, one, can we block people? Because I think Rob needs to be blocked. We can block people, but Rob was such a nice guy, I can't do it. Well, I would. No, he was, and then he had to add that in at the end of his thing. So he's dead to me now. <laughs> um, but Sandy, Sandy is correct. Bob Euchre is the man. I only know one person in this entire world that hates Bob Euchre. Who is? Uh, my other buddy, Aaron. What? Yeah, can't stand him. Can you believe that? That's garbage. But he's a Twins fan, too, so. Yeah, yeah trash. How can you not, like, what, what is there to be, like, ups- like, what do you not like? Like, <laughs> I just don't think he likes the voice. That's like, his voice annoys him. Which I can understand because I'm sure there's plenty of people that turn on this and hear us talk and say, wow, I need to turn this off before I even start. Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's see here. Hey, did you see, did you see Tatis this weekend? I did, dude. Tons of home runs off that injury. Five, five home runs and 11 at-bats against the Dodgers. And not only that, but two home runs on the 22nd anniversary of his dad hitting two grand slams in the same inning against the Dodgers in Dodger Stadium. That's crazy. That's going to be a Slab Sox post after this. Yeah. Thanks for the info. <laughs> I knew you were saying the home runs. I didn't know it was five and how many at-bats? You said 11? Five and 11 at-bats. Or That's plate appearances. Might have been plate appearances. That's insane. Well, give and me then, that Yeah, stat. Trevor Bauer accused Tatis of cheating, and then there's multiple big league catchers that came out and said, nah, Trevor Bauer's being a pansy. Um, he didn't even look when – he did peak. He did peak. 
Uh, but he did not peak when the sign was being shown. Um, and Trevor Bauer threw him six straight pitches outside. So, of course, he was going to be ready for an outside pitch. You so know, Trevor Bauer uh, just needs to pitch better. I always wondered, like, how many baseball players just look down at the catcher as they're giving a sign or something? Yeah, usually it's on the catcher to catch that and stop them, but yeah. Okay, so this upcoming weekend, we will be in Miami for the courtside card show May 1st and 2nd. Super pumped, over 125 vendor tables. We will have one of those booths there. I will be bringing my soccer cards. Nate will be bringing a few baseball cards. I'll be bringing basketball cards too. Emphasis on a few. Might be like four. (laughs) Nate's bringing a few, but he's going to maybe make some deals and trade up there. And uh, that's going to be a fun time. So if you're in the Miami area or if you want to travel, because there are a lot of vendors traveling to the show that are big-time vendors, MC Sports Cards, Sasha, uh, Jamil's coming from down in Florida and Gainesville or up in Florida, I should say. And um, definitely a lot of others as well are going to be there. So come by and see us. Say hi. Very excited about that. And then on the right side, we're going to the Wisconsin Dells Card Show in our backyard in Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin. And May 14th to the 16th, it's going to be hosted at the Kalahari Resort and Convention Center, which is by far the best resort convention center hosting of a card show I've ever seen. I've been going to card shows for 12 years. There is nothing that will be better than this until someone might do something better. But my point is, is that as of right now, this is definitely going to be one of the best venues. It is going to be super fun. And it is uh, May 14th to the 16th. I guess that's all I had to say. Uh, if, definitely- if, you have, if you have a family, um, this is the perfect thing to bring your wife and kids to. And or and if I'm, you are if you are a wife, bring your husband and your kids too. I, I'm not trying to assume the genders of the people in the chat here, but if you have a family, there is a water park, there is like arcades, there is like uh, go karts, I think, and like mini golf and um, a movie theater at the Kalahari. Um, water parks, obviously, food, water park, big indoor and outdoor water park. Though I don't think the outdoor water park will be open May 14th through the 16th. It gets pretty cold here in in Wisconsin. Um, but you should definitely, if you've got family, there is no more perfect card show to bring them to than this because they can see the cards and then you can go enjoy the Kalahari. You can't do that in Chicago, right? You probably can't do that in Dallas. You probably can't do that in Miami. You definitely can't do it in Dallas because Dallas, the card show is actually in Allen, Texas, and there's really nothing around it, honestly, to, to go do. And you're so pigeonholed to that one little hotel in the convention center. I mean, it's not little, it's big, but it's not a resort, and also this is for sure the biggest Midwest show since the 2019 National in Chicago, which we were at, which was really fun. And also, we don't even really know if the National is going to happen this summer. They released a statement that said that they're not going to be able to make a call until June 1st, which will either postpone it or make it go on in end of July and August, which I'm going to be so mad if they postpone it again. But uh, we'll see. So this is definitely one to get to if you're in the Midwest, no question. Very excited about it. And, and even if you're uh, not in the Midwest, quick Hop on the flight, fly to Milwaukee, rent a car, drive an hour and a half up to the Kalahari. Easy peasy. If you if yeah, if you're looking for a for a weekend trip and big t- thing in the cards, this is for sure it for you. And I'm I've heard that's projected like 300, 600 booths, vendor tables there. And once again, we'll have a table there as well. And uh it should be really, really fun. All right, we are nearing the end of our show. So the way that we end it always is some live Q&A. Drop a question on cards, on sports, or anything you wish into the chat, and we will answer if we so see fit. 
And um, Brent, I really hope you make that 14-hour drive. I really want to meet you. Do it. Do Let's it. Let's see here. Uh, Kay Bacon here. knows nothing about soccer, and I'm going to say, all I know, you got to kick the ball into the goal, into the net. Nate, if you look at his profile picture, I think he's got a, a Bucks jersey on. You think? It looks like a Michael Red throwback or like Giannis 2013. Could be. Or am I, or am I wrong? I don't know. It looks like the B. Maybe I'm wrong. All right. No questions coming through right now. What? Nothing. What is this? We're not in that big of a delay, right? I don't know. It's oh, a band. Here we go. Holder selling Mbappe, Mojo, PSA 9. Uh, I'd for sure hold that. I think either they're going to make it to the finals for the Champions League and he'll show out there, or France is going to advance really far in the Euro this summer. There's just too much potential for a um, scarce Mbappe card through this next year and a half, and I wouldn't sell it right now. You can pick um, a question? <laughs> quick, uh, quick. We did, we did, Tom, we did cover NFTs just a little bit. Um, that being said, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, I don't know when the next drop is, but it might be worth buying a pack or two and just holding on to. I'll tell you this. The packs are selling for $100. That retail that $100 are flipping for $400 the next day, the premium packs through it. There you go. I'm sure that they dropped a bit after the first day hype on the secondary market, but still. Aaron, who do you think is going to transfer first in Bappy or Holland? For sure, Holland. I think if uh, PSG makes it deep in the Champions League this year, well, they already have, but if they make it to the finals, potentially win, I think he's going to sign his future there with Neymar, and I could see Holland very easily moving, especially if Dortmund doesn't make it top four for next year's Champions League. And I could see Man City being the big player there for him, and obviously a bunch of other clubs are going to try to. Here you go, Nate. Thoughts on this buy? 2018 Tops Chrome Update Pink Refactor Walker Bueller Rookie PSA time for $68. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'd do that. Um, obviously, you know, pitching rookies are tough, but we're looking at we're looking at Jacob deGrom right now, and obviously Jacob deGrom is a rare case where he is both in a huge market, the Mets, and also unbelievably dominant for years um, and years and years. Uh, where he's starting to look like, even though we have Max Scherzer who has longer dom uh, domination and Justin Verlander who has longer domination and uh, Clayton Kershaw and Zach Greinke and stuff, it's looking like Jacob DeGrom might be the pitcher of this generation type of guy. Um, that's just how unbelievably dominant he is. And uh, obviously I don't think Walker Bueller will get there, but if one pitching, if one pitcher can go up in price, the rest can go up in price, right? If people are on it so $68 for Walker Bueller who's the you know top young pitcher on the entire Dodgers staff and I moved my entire camera um that's pretty good that's pretty let's, good. let's also consider now the pain of even trying to get that card graded not even just right now but before the suspension of the services when it's more expensive too yeah like no one's going to be grading that card really anymore and it's a top scrum update so there's no other uh right there are there's only refractor serial numbered, but there are uh, his horizontal rookie from normal tops chrome. Oh, I believe, but the vertical tops chrome update is a nice looking card, and it's not a rookie debut. I don't believe. I think he just did have another rookie that they made vertical. And sometimes people are weird. Um, 
a lot of people that are getting into it, they don't a hundred percent understand like the difference between like they'll just see Tops Series Two and then Tops Update. And I feel like some people just like the name Tops Update more lately. Yeah. Um, to the point where even if it's not a quote unquote what rookie, they really like it. Or they like it's first rookie. They really like it. So. Let's think. There's a lot of people who just come to the market and buy what they think is, you know. We talked about this before. Remember how you said we would not be surprised if rookie debuts actually had real value in the future? And because yeah. trends switch all the time, and it's not the people in the past who determine the future trends. It's who's ever buying now. And that's how I see it for all of this stuff, too. And I don't even think it's at a point now to where we can say what's right and what's wrong. Like, we've said that ourselves. Like, hey, you know, the market's the market determines it. Now, clearly, there's some cards you need to be self-aware about that might not rise as fast as others or might tank when people don't care about them. Hence a rookie debut, you know? So that's different than saying that something can't gain value, you know? Yep. Okay. What do you think about Luca right now? Buy, sell, or hold? Wait, you got to click that again. There you go. I did. Uh, what do you think about Luca? Buy, sell, hold? I think it depends on the card. Uh, Prison-based PSA 10, sell and buy something more scarce. Um, but I, I, I think that if you're holding on to an NBA rookie, in the last couple of years, you can't really go too wrong if you're just trying to lock up a Luca or a Zion. You got another, Nate? Um, yeah, there was a question. You want to click on the one, any uh, any number of the 2021 Bowman baseball questions? Yeah, and you're definitely going to be making a video on this, right? I am going to be making a video on this. Um, that being said, just a quick, because it comes out on the 8th, which is or the 28th uh, Wednesday, so that's before my video would be released. Um, yeah, there's a couple guys. Uh, Austin Martin, for one, is the guy you want to know. And then um, just quickly, there is one kid. And I, full disclosure, I just bought into a break today for this. Um, but there's a kid on the Brewers whose name is Hedbert Perez. He's 17 years old. He played in spring training this year with the Brewers, which has never happened in like my lifetime, them calling up a 17-year-old. Um, he played in the uh, Brewers uh, summer alternate site last year um, and held his own for the most part for what like did way better than you can expect a 17-year-old, 16-year-old kid to do against grown major leaguers at that point. Um, and so I wouldn't be shocked if you look up and in a couple of years – this kid is, you know, uh, now now there's a lot of, uh, there's huge unknowns, huge, huge unknowns. That being said, he has all the signs of a guy that is going to be the next, like, really big international player. Mm. Sorry, I'm, there's just so many here. I'm just trying to find a question to pop on the screen. So I saw a few questions about Shane Bieber. Nate, you think he's uh, one of those pitchers that could gain significant value? Uh, I got to say, I was a doubter. I was kind of a doubter on Shane Bieber. Not not in the strikeouts, but in just him being able to do well, not playing against the AL Central and the NL Central the entire season. Um, but he's been amazing, and uh, I'm, I'm all aboard the Shane Bieber train moving forward. Caden Clark parallel, seller gray, new to soccer, so... MLS tops 2021 just released recently. Caden Clark is the biggest player in the set poised to make a transfer to Europe in the next, uh, I'm sure year or so. I don't know how old he is. I don't know which team he actually plays for in the States. I think it might've been the Red Bulls, but I'm not positive on that. 
Um, I'm also not, I don't follow MLS at all. Let me say it right now. I don't follow MLS at all. I know barely anything. And I don't even really know if the team's called the Red Bulls. I'm pretty sure that Red Bulls is a sponsor. So that's what I'm coming up with here. All I'm trying to say is I know he's a top player in the set. I know from the past, Alfonso Davies, rookie cards who started in the MLS, went overseas, have done very well from MLS sets. Um, other players who have done that. Um, there's another one I'm thinking of or trying to think of that. I can't remember. But I'd say grade it if it's worth the money. I don't know which parallel you have. If you're grading through PSA, it's going to cost $300 right now. If it's like a super high-end parallel, go through PSA if you think it's going to get a 10 or even a 9. If it's not, personally, I probably won't be grading it right this second. I'd be holding it if you see the value in the future. If not, then just capitalize on the short-term sale right now. Take that money. Go buy an Mbappe uh, card right now or someone like you wish in the soccer market. I think that you know has just as much potential as a guy coming from the MLS, obviously. Not to say MLS is a bad start for some American kids, but you can definitely do well spending money in, in the Mbappe and other uh, Euro soccer player market. Red Bulls, there we go. <laughs> I was right. Nate, are you still there? Yep. You didn't move for forever. I was I was reading something on a different screen. <laughs> yes. Thoughts on buying first Bowman Chrome Julio Rodriguez rookie PSA ten. Is this a buy? And if so, what which price is a good price to get it at? I do not know what price this is right now. So Aaron, if you could look that up while I'm talking, that'd be super cool. Go ahead. Um I like the idea. I like I I really like Bowman firsts. Um there wasn't huge value in them in the past, but I think that is changing. Um, obviously, you can see that with Wander. You can see that with Fernando Tatis, even though the pop report is really low. Um, and so it is It is a good idea to get Bowman Chrome first of major guys. Not everyone. I wouldn't go out and buy, um, keep it with the Brewers, right? Because I talk about them all the time. I wouldn't go out and buy Bryce Terang Bowman Chrome first, non-graded or uh, non-auto base cards, right? But if you are looking at one of the top prospects, and especially international guys, um, and so your Julio Rodriguez's or your Marco Luciano's, your Wander Franco's, guys like that, I would definitely uh, look into it. Um, and he's been looking a little bit better. There are some rumors that he was struggling a little bit this winter, uh, chasing sliders and looked a little bit heavy, but he has looked good in um, alternate site games, apparently. Okay, so for his values on Bowman Chrome base PSA 10s, we're looking at like 120 to 130 for a base PSA 10. But Mojo PSA 10, the last one sold for 160. Nate, you're spending that extra $30 all day for the Mojo PSA 10, right? I love Mojos, and I can't believe I don't have a Julio Rodriguez Mojo, considering considering I was the guy that told everyone to buy him at 120 because I was like, there's no way he's not a $300 card by the end of this summer. Wait. Step it back. You told everyone to buy autos of him two yeah, summers ago at, one, at 120. Sorry. Okay. Uh, autos of him at 120. I was like, I am so sure of this guy. It worked out. And for some, somehow, some way, it didn't work out for me. And I'm not 100% sure why um, <laughs> I didn't get a mojo. Because I got a mojo of Wander. And I've got a mojo of Marco Luciano. And I've got a mojo of uh, Robert Pawson and uh, Jason Dominguez. Because um, I just like to get them of like the top international guys. And I did not. I should get one of Johan Diaz, but uh, I did not get one of Julio Rodriguez. Um, so I would definitely spend the extra $30 because, you know, those tops mega boxes only come from Target, correct? Yes. I believe. I believe. 
I could be Bowman, wrong on that. Bowman Chrome Mega Boxes. Bowman or Bowman Chrome. Yeah, Bowman Chrome Mega Boxes, I guess. Yeah. Um, they only come from Target, and you only get two packs of of uh mojo right. packs so, in the in the box. Um, so it's they gotta be way rare, rarer than the base. So for it to only be a thirty dollar difference is wild to me. Right. It's a it's a Bowman Mega Box. Let me rephrase. And there's two mega packs in the box, which are chrome cards with the mojo finish. And then there's like five packs that are retail only configuration, not even retail only, because they don't have you can't get greens in them. Just the paper and the non-auto um chromes in those packs. There's like seven or eight packs in the box, I think. Aaron, how do I get your autograph? I'll come to the show and I'll sign whatever uh, you walk up with. Hopefully a card of uh, Christian Yelich. I'll sign a base card of him. Christian Yelich card with Aaron's autograph. <laughs> Finds it on eBay. Has negative bids. <laughs> um, oh, I like this one. Why are the Braves sucking it up so hard to start the season at Nate? Um now, I've not watched a lot of Braves games. Ronald Acuna is interesting to me, but the rest of the team just, I don't know. I just do not find the Braves very interesting. Um, but from what I've heard, it, it, it's pitching, right? Uh, and uh, I don't know. For all of the money they've spent, or money, the draft capital they've spent on grabbing pitching, uh, pretty disappointing outcome for them to not have like a rotation of aces right now, considering for years they spent like every first and second and like third round pick on pitchers. All That's right. All. We're going to, we're going to call a show here. I think we're uh, ready to wrap it up. Right. Right in an hour. I want to thank everyone today for watching today's YouTube live stream and thank game day train for coming on a very fun time. Actually, I think we uh, we might do that more frequently if uh, you know we, we should. People, if we get people involved in here, we'll uh, bring people on for 10, 15 minutes. If that is something that you might be interested in, send an email to Aaron at slabstock.com and we will um, look to incorporate that and maybe build out a schedule for that because I think it'd be a fun time to bring people on. And uh, the topic most likely each week will probably be an overvalued aspect of the market and an undervalued aspect of the market, kind of get new thoughts each week. You never um, ask me for my overvalued aspect of the market. Because I don't care about your thoughts. Soccer. <laughs> I don't care about your thoughts. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, everyone. Thank you for watching. Next week, 6 p.m. Eastern time, the exact same time. And we will see you in Miami this weekend. I'll see you tomorrow on the Breaks live stream at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Enjoy the rest of your week. And thank you all for watching today's YouTube live stream.